I'm not exactly sure the start of podcasts, but they become like super popular. Yeah. What I heard was the first podcast or one of the first was a lady who did it talking about murder trials that were going on and like sort of serial cases. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. people tuned in uh-huh. naturally intrigued about, uh-huh. you know, crime and that's why crime shows are so popular nowadays yeah but then you know you see that you see now you got joe rogan you got yeah the po- i actually have never looked at how podcasts became popular mm-hmm. um but they're like the medium right now they've been around i think so like joe rogan's had his for seven years the art of manliness has had their podcast for i think eight or nine years yep um i i'll have to actually look in i want to know how they started because they're like an alternative to radio yeah but now they're like the medium mm-hmm. to have um and i think i mean you have the video option now with so it's interesting to see that video and audio and giving people a voice is like what blogs were in the early 2000s were you old enough to have a blog <laughs> i worked uh i worked on a vlog a blog a blog i tried vlogging uh uh-huh. didn't work necessarily well um Ugh. dude i had a blog um i've had several blogs actually really yeah dude of course i was like i've always liked <laughs> talking or writing really love to write gotcha and uh yeah in college i had this artsy fartsy uh blog called through reflective water and it was very poetic um and people like you like look at me i'm like this short stocky guy and they're like what are you writing and i was like it's just this is what was on my heart at the time i love it and um through reflective water, I see my creator. I think is like how it started. Mm. Um, I was actually pretty proud of that writing. But I have I've had several blogs. When I was an intern at my first church, I was an inter like I had a blog talking mm-hmm. about like what was going on. And um, I've never liked posting on social media, but I've always had like I like podcasts and I like blogs. Mm. So I'm like I don't know. There's something about I don't know why. Yeah. But. I get that. I get that. Yeah, all my captions on social media I, are kind of like blogs. Uh-huh. <laughs> that I don't think people read them, but I I think you'd be surprised. I read I read half of the one that you had just posted about generational curses. Gotcha. Um, every time that you get the little dots and you're like, read more. I'm like, I always click it. Hey, I'm like, I want to know. Intrigued. Yeah, mm-hmm. I wish I wish Instagram would update their thing a little bit so you could see more of. Mm-hmm. It's also it's so tiny. It's so yeah. little. You're like, just update it just a little bit. Just a little bit. But um well everybody, welcome to the Man I Wanna Be podcast. My name is Keaton and I am your host. And this is my friend Jimmy. Jimmy, say what's up. What's up, guys? Hey, hey. happy to be here. Klimowitz, right? Is yeah. Settle forever how to say your last name. <laughs> Klimowitz. Klimowitz. It's, it's Polish. I've had it spelled wrong, pronounced wrong. I've given up. For your entire life. I'm I'm all done. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at our volume. I think I need to turn the volume up a little bit. All right, let's see. Yeah, I think that might be okay. It's just coming through funny. Um, might need to. Uh, why is it like that? See it. Look. See up there. Yeah. It looks fine, and then down there, it's like all tiny, up tiny, tiny. Uh, it might be all right. But um, do we need to test it? Or I think we need to test it. Okay. So we're gonna hit pause. All right, now test it. Testing, testing. All right, and we're back. Okay. Let's go. All right, we're back. Um, technical difficulties, and we don't edit the podcast because, <laughs> all right, the volume was just fine. I was just freaking out a little bit, and now it's saying it's like so high. What are you going to do? But, um, okay, do, so 
You like to write, though. Mm-hmm. You were a communications major in college. You're about to graduate. What do you like to write? I I like to write stories, especially narratives. Um, yeah. More personal than they are mm-hmm. fiction. You know, I'm not over here creating like random space characters yeah, and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. <laughs> that takes a lot of imagination. <laughs> my, honestly, my brain's wiped at the end of the day after yeah. work and everything. But I love to write narratives. I love to write blogs. Mm-hmm. Um even just recaps, like yeah. uh, I had to work for a class writing for digital media in uh-huh. college, and some of the blogs I did were off of either events that I went to or services that I attended, and just kind of yeah. recapping the message and recapping uh, how people interacted with each other, the whole mm-hmm. dynamic of the day. Well, that's pretty cool. That's interesting. So you kind of had to just like watch yeah. and observe and take notes, and then you went and wrote about it. That's pretty cool. Uh, do you want to write a book one day or several? I do. I do want to write a book one day. I uh, I love to write. I sort of lean more there than I do like digital editing. Yes, yeah. it's it comes more naturally, and I don't need to study to pick up those skills. Right. Um, honestly, and even with college, like I'd rather write a paper than take a test. Just kind of how my brain works. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, like Hands down. My f- if I could have written a paper. Or just had like a verbal test, like mm-hmm. ask me a question and I will answer it with my voice yeah. versus trying to all day. I'd take that any day of the week. Yeah. I, I do. a Yeah, I'm more a, I'm more applied knowledge than I am remembered knowledge. Uh, but I do want to write a book one day. I've actually started that process now. Have kinda, you kind of outlining and structuring something? OK, is that fiction or nonfiction? I would say nonfiction. Uh, mm-hmm. It's tough because when you're someone my age, which how it, old are you? 22 now You're 22 uh, 22 it's to say if i'm gonna write something how could it help why would it matter right for someone of kind of limited experience sure limited education yeah i don't got a phd you know well i don't got a blue check mark yeah you don't got a blue check only people with phds are dumb enough to screw up the world <laughs> excuse my excuse me for saying that but i'm like that's right you're too smart to be smart mm. <laughs> to be wise to have common sense well, and and that's it is that I um, I said okay, where's my lane? You know, yeah, yeah. like where do I feel I have an area of like some authority? And mm-hmm. in thinking of it, I was like that probably that idea not of mentorship but of menteeship. So oh yeah, yeah. coming in not of like hey I'm you know forty years old married and I help a mm-hmm. bunch of young people, but mm-hmm. like being able to gain mentors, seek counsel, stay under covering. Yeah. Um, cause it's changed my life. I mean, Proverbs says it like, you know, in the council of many, like there's victory. Yeah. Some translations say safety. Yeah. Like, Ooh, do some translations say victory? Safety. Victory. I, Cause mine says safety. Yeah. Some, Ooh, I'm going to have to find that one. You, I would rather it say victory than yeah. safety. Mm. I'm like, I don't want safety. I want victory. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want security and you want victory, uh, you need people. And so yeah. I, I feel like I've, with time, especially after getting into the church, getting saved, mm-hmm. I've learned how to, I've learned the art of pursuit, let's yeah. call it. Yeah. And you have done good at that. And you almost had to. So when, let's see, I met you. I didn't actually officially meet you until we had moved here. Yep. But my first, my first interaction with you, or not interaction, my first, what do you call it? The first time I saw you was um at revival nights Mm. you were in the front row and um oh what was his name keenan clark was speaking 
Friday and, night. Uh, yeah, bef- is he a friend of yours? Uh, yeah, well, sort I, I would now. consider a friend now, but a uh, Friday night, yeah. A Friday night. Um, he, like, before he even started his message, he, like, called you out by name. And, and my first interaction, my first experience with Jimmy is you stood straight up with your hands in front of you folded, like, very politely, and you stood straight up, and you were, like, ready to hear everything that he was about to say. I was like, I like that. Mm. I like that. And then the next day you you preached as part of that uh, um, panel of preachers. Mm-hmm. The Were there five of you, right? Five of us, yeah. You each did like seven minutes mm-hmm. talk, in the pit. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. the pit. That was my first interaction. So how long have you been? We're in Massachusetts. How long have you been at Connect Church? I've been at Connect uh, roughly six years now. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of middle of high school to now end of college. Yeah. Uh, and how did you find Connect? So I found Connect through a friend of mine. Uh, uh-huh. He invited me to a 508 night. Mm-hmm. And okay, cool. I'm a young youth kid, you know, just saved. I'm like, yeah, man. You know. So you you were a Christian before you came to the 508? Yeah. Okay. So I got saved when I was 14. Okay. Um, started getting plugged into a church I used to go to. Yeah. And then, you know, a couple years later, 16, kind of upperclassmen, middleclassmen, uh-huh. get invited to a 508 night. And I come and it's incredible. I mean, it's like people, the energy, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of fun. People are laughing, joking. I was like, what is this? (laughs) (laughs) Christians don't laugh and joke. They need to. Seriously. Lighten up, (laughs) y'all. Don't be a bummer. That's it. I'm like, Uh because I I come from a maybe a different background. And then even my home dynamic, I was like, church is usually way more structured yeah um but there was it was ordered chaos where yeah 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 Yeah. and the whole night was just incredible and pastor Devin preached and the worship was great and we're all Uh jumping up and down and i felt something in my spirit where i was like you need to get off the bench for this yeah like wow you off the bench off the bench like something's happening in ashland Mm -hmm. and you don't even i don't even live near here no not at all (laughs) But you cannot sit on the bench for what God is doing in Ashland. Yeah. And so I approached Pastor Devin after service and said, hey, I don't know what this is, but I just feel prompted. I want to help out however I can. Yeah. How could I be involved? And I started serving at 508 nights when I didn't even attend Connect Church. Wow. That's amazing. Were they once a month at that time? Once a month. They were once a month? Yeah. Wow. And then when did you start attending Connect? So right when I transitioned out of high school into college, mm-hmm. and so it's been about four years full time okay. on service yeah, yeah. on Sundays. Wow, wow! And you just were like, I just want to help and serve. Just want to be involved. Yeah, yeah. I, so I did a podcast where I talked to some young guys where I was like, go do something for free that serves someone else because mm-hmm. you along the way you'll probably figure out what God designed you to do or what he's going to call you to do or you at least discover some interest because you don't want to put too much pressure on yourself to be like is this the right thing like well just try something but there is something to going and serving somebody who knows what they want to give their life to that helps you figure out what you want to give your life to uh, and at the very end you're getting you're getting skills and influence and a reputation and you're getting a recommendation which is like really powerful for whatever you're going to do next like, cause like Devin will launch you, pastor Devin will launch you, pastor Derek will, um, then those are like good things to have. Um, wow. Four years. Okay. And you're just about to graduate college. Just about to graduate. With a communications degree. 
communications. And you just finished working for the Patriots. And I just finished an internship at Gillette Stadium. So I figured communications was good because I want to work in the church. And to work in the world, you got to have something that's marketable. Yep. And so I attended Southeastern University, which is mm-hmm. a Bible college down mm-hmm. in Florida. Yep. Um, but I go th- online, so I take classes online. Yep. Um, and it's a perfect mix of like real world skills and then mm-hmm. theology. Yeah. Well, I know th- Southeastern. They used to have that at, at our my last church. Mm. They, well, they had it for a year, so the interns could do the. It was called the Leadership College. It was an internship that for a year they called the Leadership College, trying to do this partnership with SCU, and only one intern did did the school because yeah. it was too much to do school and the. Yep. Um, so they just—it's back to the just internship. They don't. That's it. <laughs> um, but that's how I know SEU. I think I have a, another friend who graduated from there. Um, but and you want to work in church? Yeah. Yeah. What's your like goal? What's your ambition? What's your like hope? My hope, I would say, is to be a pastor one day. Mm-hmm. Um, once I got saved back in like 2014, I was mm-hmm. up at a place called Rumney Bible Conference mm-hmm. in. Uh, Rumney, New Hampshire, and so I had gone there for a youth camp for the entire week, and at that time I was going through, I would call it hell on earth, but so much had gone on, and it was like, I was kind of... How old are you at that point for this? uh, 13, I think. 13. 13, 14. Yeah. Hell on earth when you're... I mean, that's that's real. Well, so I, um, back in that spring, uh, so kind of some context for this is... My parents got divorced when I was younger, mm-hmm. and so split custody, mm-hmm. bouncing back and forth, mm-hmm. um, with time with mom, time with dad. Mom had full custody, then dad did. Um, then dad did? Then dad got full custody, so it, it swapped. Um, and wow. I ended up back in that spring, you know, uh, mom lost her job back in the mm-hmm. job crisis of I think 08 08 maybe, 09 maybe yeah 09 yeah got laid off got mm-hmm. a kind of lower paying job she started to slowly slip into poverty mm-hmm. fall behind on child support stuff like that yeah and i kind of wanted a different home dynamic and so i i like ran away from my house like wow. straight up uh and i didn't run like down the street i was like nah i'm out of here like i'm not coming back and I ran away from my dad's home for about a month and a half, two months. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not a couple of days. No. Like a couple wow. of months. And I was like, hey, like, you know, I kind of want things to change. Um, and he was very, very adamant about them not changing. And my mom was already in a bad place, I'd say fiscally, but yeah. also, you know, with that legally. Yeah. Um, and it was it was very challenging. It was very challenging. And so... Went through that, you know, got the cops called on me a few times, like young, young kid full of emotion, face of like, you can't do this. And I wasn't going off partying, doing crazy stuff, but just a lot of confrontation. And yeah. eventually, um, my mom's uh, custody rights, even partial custody got revoked. And so me and my brother weren't allowed to see her at all. And so I, I went back with my dad just you know, full of like, you know, feeling rejected, feeling abandoned, um, feeling angry, very angry. Mm-hmm. You know, and all at like, you at 15 at this point? Yeah, 13, 14. Yeah, still 13, 14. Yeah. 
and a couple months later, I, I was signed up to go to this youth camp through the church that we attended. And for me, I was like, dude, this is just a break. Like, get me out of here. Like, this is something I can do absent of family and everything. Um, so I went up there and I was like committed. I was devoted. I was like, I'm going to go through this week and try to take my mind off things. And that's it. And as the week went on, we would have chapel services at night. And I just, God was pulling on my heartstrings a little bit. And one chapel service, I believe it was a Wednesday night. That was where I, I just like, I broke, something broke. And I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. Like, I need help. Because I didn't want Christianity. I um I grew up with it. I grew up with religion. And the way I saw at least my dad model it, which was very much order and rules, and the way I saw my mom model it, which was very much kind of culture and tradition, but no really authenticity, I didn't want any part of it. And to me, I'd walk into a church and I'd say, why is everyone so happy when I'm so miserable? You know? Mm-hmm. Uh and I got to that point that Wednesday night in chapel and I went up to the front and got on my knees and had an encounter with God changed my life. Wow. Dang. Do you think those people in church were faking it or do you think they were actually happy? I think they were actually happy, but I wanted what they had and I didn't Mm -hmm. know how to get it. Yeah. Especially because your, what you, your example was, you were like, this is lifeless. Yeah. It's always tough when Christianity becomes life with Christ, lifeless Christianity. Mm. Even man, even non-believers are like, don't want that. Yeah, and they're already kind of hesitant about the life-filled, the full life kind of Christianity where you, Jesus is actually a real person and mm-hmm. um, the Holy Spirit's real and inside you and changing you and you actually have reasons for joy. But then, like rules and order, one of my favorite. Uh, philosophers his name's dallas willard Mm. uh always said he he used to say all the time like human beings fall for religion like gravity like you just i think probably because there's some stability to it yeah there's some order there the the order helps in some regards gives you something stable gives you some longevity but man if it goes the wrong way it'll suck the life out of you that's right it'll just Turn you looking at from tree of life to tree of knowledge and good and evil yep. all day long. Easy. Yeah, like you're easy. Yeah. Oh, man. That's a lot for a young guy. Yeah. You're at 14 and you're like, you have this encounter with God and you're like, all right, I think I want a pastor. Yeah. Wow. At 14, I thought I was going to win a Heisman play, <laughs> playing football. I'm not kidding. I, yeah. I was convinced I was good enough to win a Heisman trophy playing football. Uh, and uh, I wasn't even good enough to get a scholarship from NAIA schools. Like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> dude, so I, well, I mean, yeah, I I was I've always been ambitious and thought I could steal the world, but uh, I was good at football when I was fourteen because yeah. I hit puberty when I was ten, and so I was good because I was bigger and faster than everybody. But when they hit puberty, mm. I realized I, I I wasn't good because of ability. Mm. I was good because of hormones. Yeah. And then everybody got those hormones and, but so I had no idea what I was going to do with my life at 14, yeah. 21, 25. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Good yeah. for you, man. And so you've kind of like stuck to that path. I mean, you've gone through college and you're yeah. doing the thing, but you're like, you're still like on that path you're, and that's what you want to do. Wow. That is amazing. 
Well, I'll tell you what it was for me is I, I felt a conviction. I was like, I want to be the thing to other people that I didn't have. Mm. And like from a young age, and that's why, you know, I started serving in youth ministry, started doing a lot of stuff, youth, young adults. But I said, how can I be the answer? Because I, I was looking for it for a long time, you know, messed up home dynamic, looking for someone to care, looking for someone to walk life with me. And I said, hey, I can do that. Give me give me 10, give me 15 years, and I can do that for somebody else. And it could change their whole life. It could change the trajectory of where they were going. That's so good and so true. My dad's that way. Because um, where the, their church in Colorado, mom and dad were always this way. It seemed like we always had people in our home whose parents had no idea they like they had no idea where their parents were yeah there were just kids in our house all the time and mom would cook them dinner and hmm. they'd play baseball with us um it was like we didn't think anything of it that mom and dad were taking in these kids who didn't have anywhere to go and then they went and served at a boys ranch later in their life but even uh their church where they're locate where the building is located they're right on this hill on a there's a bunch of apartments right underneath and same thing. A bunch of kids there. They, no one knows where their parents are. Yeah. They're there at some degree. They sleep there at least, yeah. but for what, because they're either separated, um, we're probably working multiple jobs. Yeah. There's all these kids that are alone. Mm-hmm. So they end up coming up to the church. Like it's a church of 200 people. And last I heard the youth group was like 55. Wow. And I don't know if they, I don't know if they count that 55 youth students in the number of church. So it's more like 200, they're they're like a fifth of the church. Yeah. And your generation, especially my generation, I mean, we're we're not that far off, but grew up where there weren't, where mom and dad just weren't there for like, it's, I think statistically it's like 40% of all kids only had one parent. And so for you to be, I feel like God's calling you to be what you didn't have. That's amazing. Don't you, I'm going to hold you to that. Don't you forget mm. that. That's so good. But before you became that, you were like, I need mentors. Yeah. And you became a pro at getting mentors, like weaseling your way in <laughs> to getting high level people yeah. and like good spiritual fathers and pastors and just people you could imitate. You like weaseled your way in there and you were like, all right, I'm going to need you to pour into me. And you had sent me the original reason I asked you to be on the podcast. Is, well, you're a good communicator and you're a great person, great young man. But also, you had this list of how to get good mentors. And I looked at the list and I was like, well, you should come on the podcast. That's this is amazing. Um, and the because Connect Church is big on mentorship, yeah, finding people who are older than you to mentor you. Um, and that's relatively new to me because. Mm-hmm. It's never, I've never really been like, oh, I need a mentor. Um, cause I mean, I have, I guess I already had mentors in the people now that I think about it. Uh, but it's a big thing here. So I was wondering if you'd be willing to share your, what's the list called? So I, I've kind of renamed it. I didn't like the kind of term menteeship, not a word, yeah. kind of catchy, but I'm, I'm thinking it's the art of pursuit. The art of pursuit. The art All of right. pursuit. Seven tips for the art of pursuit. I, um, I'll tell you what, the best connections I've ever had 
with people in the church and with people really outside of the church have been fully organic. That's why I've heard people talk about you need mentors, game mentorship, go, go talk to people. But for me, it just came so easy. Mm-hmm. But I do firmly believe there's a spiritual component to it where you just have like a, a connection with someone. Like mm-hmm. you can't explain yeah. it. Like, And that's what I saw with someone like a Pastor Devin where early mm-hmm. on it just it just clicked. Right. I didn't have to work at it. I didn't have to, to strive to really right. do it. Yeah. But in breaking down what I did, I, I really found that the best people aren't like sought after. They're prayed in. And so... I, I had a situation happen. I'm a young youth student, 14. Mom is, she's still there, but she's taking a step back due to custody, due to financial situation. Yeah. And we had a young youth leader uh, come into our church, and she just was there probably two, two and a half years. And for me in that season, she was like a mom. And so poured into me loved on me, encouraged me, taught me the word, like even funny practical things like taught me to use cologne and body spray. <laughs> yeah, very important things to learn <laughs> that you need. To every, <laughs> we all, every guy needs. Yeah. <laughs> if you're not wearing deodorant right now, go put some on immediately. Absolutely. She, she was like a mom. She was like a big sister, and I grew really close to her. And mind you, I'm on fire for the Lord. This is like really young, first saved. Um, she, she, in fact, taught me how to preach, taught me how to prepare. Really? Wow. All felt back to her. And then a couple years later, 2016, she reveals it to the church that she's feeling called into the mission field. And okay, hey, she's going to take a step out. And man, I, that tore me up. Like, that, I remember that that was one of the most difficult seasons of my life because I was like, for someone, it, it felt like mom was leaving again. And man, it, it threw me off. It threw me off for about a year and a half. And she was leaving and we had been so close. And I said, you, you know, young kid, mid teenager said, I don't want to be abandoned again. Mm. And for her, you know, PD says this here, uh, Pastor Derek, but like your spiritual family will often outlast and outperform your physical family. Um, she was like a mom. And so she left and we still stayed in contact today. Relationship looks different for sure. But I just like that broke me. I, I spent time like crying. I spent time like fighting God, wrestling with God, like, God, why would you do this? Like she, she's been so instrumental to where I'm at, but it was out of that, that I spent time praying for somebody else. And about probably eight months to a year after that, I got really close with the young adult pastor at our church and started serving him, started connecting with him. And we just formed a connection, formed a bond. And I still have that to date, but I prayed those people in. And it took a long time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Dude, so what are the principles? Yeah. They all start with the same letter, right? All P's. That's, alliteration. Yeah. That's a connect church thing. <laughs> like everything has to start with the same letter all the time. That's right. So give us your seven P's gotcha. for pursuit, the art of pursuit. Mm. So the first one was prayer. I shared prayer. that. Mm-hmm. Second is pursuit off the name that that's this idea of being able to to chase somebody that Mm. there's got to be an extra step to it um 
like if I'm going to pursue you, I'm going to go where you go, when you go, not at your con- not at my convenience, but at yours. Mm. Um, then there's a level of preparation that has to be done. Yeah, what is, what is that? So preparation. You I have heard, a word about pursuit that I want to. I'll come back to. But I love it. I love it. I um, you know, you hear that kind of cliche quote like, uh, "If you fail to plan, you plan to fail." Mm-hmm. But I found I'm like. If I get your time, how am I going to handle your time? Mm-hmm. And if I'm not prepared, I'm not getting a second meeting. Yeah. I'm not getting a follow-up. Right. Uh, and so for me, I always thought, I'm like, small talk is for small people. Mm. And so if I'm going to seek out... Uh, I'm a small person who loves small talk, so <laughs> you're you're right on. <laughs> well, well, oh, short. I'm not small. Yeah. I'm short. You're short. <laughs> sub six feet. I'm sub six feet, yeah. Yeah. I um, but and that's not to say we can't get to the point where we talk sports and we talk movies and we talk books or whatever that comes with rapport. But if I'm gonna seek out maybe a senior pastor or I'm gonna seek out a business owner, like they're Mm. they're they're very busy people, and I always come with an agenda in mind. And so that's where I sit down and I say I want to have a topic of discussion. I want to have questions. I want to show you that I've thought more about our our twenty minutes, thirty minutes than showing up and just wanting to hang out. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because that's good. Because a lot of people are like, they they might ask, like, man, I think I want this person to be my mentor, but really you, you're you hoping they'll just be a friend yeah. and hang out. And uh, that's not a good way to sneak away it to being coming friends with somebody. No. Just to disguise it with, hey, I really want your wisdom, but actually I just want your, your friendship. That's not a good way to go about that. That's uh, that's that, I call that the Amway version. Mm. You know what the Am- you know what Amway is? Nah, you've never heard of Amway. I it sounds familiar, but we'll, okay, we'll, Amway is a multi level marketing Ponzi scheme <laughs> where people scheme. will reach out to you and be like, "Oh, bro, haven't seen you in months. Hope you're doing well. Been thinking about you. Would love to catch up." And you're like, "Oh man, I miss my friend." And so you go hang out with them. <laughs> yeah, and they you like do the whole thing, and then they're like, "Now here's, I want you to buy my products." And you let me tell you how you can become free by starting your own business. And you're like, <laughs> get out of it. It's a it's a it's just a multi level marketing thing. Yeah. Um, so they they under the guise of being friends. What up, Dev? Hey, we don't we don't edit the podcast. Pastor Devin just walked in. Um under the guise of being like friends, they're like, Hey, no, actually, I just want to sell you some product. I bet he's going to need his office here pretty soon, so we better be respectful of that. Absolutely. So go through your go through your other. So, um, yeah. So then, there, then there's this idea of punctuality. So I always try to show up early, not late, um, and being respectful of their time shows me that they'll give me more of their time. Um, it also says like, hey, this man's focused. I'm not a second thought. I live far away. Okay, I'm going to factor in 20, 30 minutes for traffic. Like, if that means I have to sit in the parking lot, so be it. Bring uh, a book along. Come on. Then there's presentation. I never I never thought of this until I was in a meeting with uh, the senior pastor of my old church. And I would come post-school, and I'd take the bus over to the church, and I'd meet with them every so often. And mind you, I'm showing up for high school, shorts, a T-shirt, whatever it is, sweatpants. Like, you're just trying to get yeah. through the day. But making sure that I was dressed appropriately and accordingly to who I was meeting with says, hey, he took this. Like, you're not going to go into a Fortune 500 CEO's office. In gym shorts. In gym shorts. No. No. 
And so it's not to say I got to be legalistic about how I look, but mm-hmm. it does say something of how I present myself. Yeah, you want to like earn the privilege to wear your gym shorts. It's good. Later. <laughs> like be prof- you want to be professional. It's good. Yeah, you, if you want to be taken seriously, take yourself seriously. It's you it's, know? it's how you appear. Yeah, yeah. 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 I um and in that same meeting, he corrected me this. I um I'll never forget it. Corrected me in love, but I needed it. Mm-hmm. And it's this idea of posture. And mm-hmm. so, I mean, we talk all about like careful what you say, you know, your words can be taken seriously, but the the fact of it is is the majority of what you say doesn't come out of your mouth. And so, I think something like 70% is body language, 20% yeah. is tone, whatever it is. And so now I can communicate and not even say a word to you. Mm-hmm. How am I sitting? Yeah. How are my legs? Mm-hmm. How are my arms? Right. Uh, am I sitting up straight? Am I leaning over? Are you slouching? Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I'm sitting in his office and long day of school. I'm sitting back in his nice, you know, comfy chair. Got one leg up over the other. Relaxed, comfortable. And uh, basically he told me is like how you posture yourself um it like people look at not what you say but how you stand mm-hmm. and and he says the way you're sitting now shows me that you're not taking this meeting seriously yeah and it was something so simple as one leg over the other right and being leaned in or being laid back can show hey is this guy ready to receive or is right. this guy coming in right casually yeah 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 wow is that the seven I got I got one more. You got one more. Um, and this one, I, I think it deserves some explanation. But sure. it's this idea of payment. And so nothing yeah. nothing worth doing didn't cost you something. Mm-hmm. And so I do think there's a level of payment that comes with getting mentors, whether that's paying time, sacrificing activities, mm-hmm. um, in some cases, even money. Mm. And when... If I invite you to lunch mm-hmm. and expect you to pay, mm-hmm. it immediately shows the dynamic is different. Mm-hmm. Um, mind you, you might offer to pay. And that would be great. Mm-hmm. But if I'm going to invite you to coffee, mm-hmm. me putting up a couple bucks to buy you a cup of joe mm-hmm. shows that I'm sort of putting my money where my mouth is when it comes to our meeting together. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it can signal like, Hey, this guy's invested in this. He's invested in this. He's willing to buy lunch or bring in something yeah. that just a, s- a small little token of thank you for meeting with me. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, that's good. Yeah. Offer to pay for sure. Um, people ask me frequently like, okay, like if I want someone to be my mentor, how do I ask them? And I was like, well, the first thing you do, is you don't ask directly because mm. that brings a lot of pressure. Dude, You're no. like, do will you be my mentor? The person who heard that is like, what am I about to get myself into? No. But you can start with like, can I have some a conversation? I have a couple questions I want to ask right. you. Um, the reason I want to come back to pursuit though is because um, I actually have a deep conviction that pursuit needs to go both ways yeah. in, not in all relationships, but in, in a select few. So, and I, I get this from Paul and Timothy because Paul meets Timothy and there's something about Timothy that Paul's like, I they're like knit together almost. Mm. He's like, I, I'm I'm pulling whatever's in you, I'm pulling it out. You're coming with me. That's good. And he became Paul's like Timothy didn't pursue Paul. Yeah. Paul was like, 
No, I need Timothy. Mm. Uh, Jesus chose his own disciples. That you know, like in Jewish culture, rabbis don't choose their disciples. Jesus wasn't the only rabbi that lived. Um, disciples went and found a mentor, a rabbi that they're like, I want to be like you. So can I be your? Can I be your? Can I be your student? Can I be your disciple? And rabbis would test them. Yeah. And they would decide, all right, you can follow me or no, you cannot follow me. Jesus is the only rabbi who chose his own disciples. Mm. Only one. And because sometimes you like you see something in someone you want to be mentored by, but every once in a while, somebody will see something in another human being. And I think you have an obligation when you see that special yeah. something. I think it's I think it's spiritual, I think it's divine. When you say you have an obligation to go pursue them. Mm. So like Jesus saw something in Peter that Peter never would have saw. Peter had, he's he's ready to he's just gonna be a fisherman the rest of his life. Jesus saw something in him and was like, Nope, you're exactly what I need. Same thing with Paul. I mean, mm. Paul was at the highest of heights and Jesus was like, Actually I need you for my, my thing. Yeah. Um so I do think pursuit needs to be both ways. If somebody is asking for your time, if you're like a mentor and someone's yeah. asking for your time, um, honor that time. But if you're, if you're like in a position where you meet somebody younger than you, that you're like, Ooh, I want to make a deposit in you. There's something about you that is like, I think you have an obligation yeah. to go get them. And there's going to be a time later in your life when you meet somebody, especially if you're a pastor, you're going to meet somebody and you're going to be like, mm. Nope, that's, that's somebody I'm I'm pouring my my life into. I don't even care. They don't notice me. They're not interested. Maybe they're not interested in me. But I'm gonna go get them. That's good. I'm gonna go get them. Um, like I'm convinced. Peter told Jesus. I get this from Luke's gospel. Told him like nah several times. Yeah. Just like and Jesus like nah I'm gonna get you. Um, Come on. I I forget why I think that it's something I, I read in the gospels and I was like oh I think so. Um, but yes I that's that's a deep conviction I have. Um, I think if you ever get to a place where you're like, I only mentor people who pursue me, I think you may have started to think a little bit highly of yourself. Um, and I'm willing to be wrong on that. I, that just, that's what that comes across. Now, can everybody have your time? No, no, no. Like Jesus had 500 disciples, but he had three that Mm -hmm. he's like, and it was, I think it was the first three he called. He's like, then I'm pouring everything into I got a different level of access. Um, all the other people just decided to follow him. He only called 12. Mm. He only called 12. Everyone else was like, just decided to follow him. So they were still students, but um, there was still an element where he was entrusting them a different level of. There might be something there. There might be something to the, the people you find are the people you can trust. If you're a mentor, it's not the ones who come to you, but did you have something else you wanted to say? Yeah, that's no, that's really good. I think the, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I think pursuit goes both ways. Initially, mm-hmm. I would say it should come from the, the mentee or whoever. Mm-hmm. Like, if I want your time, I'm gonna try to get your time. Mm-hmm. But as the relationship dynamic changes, mm-hmm. I don't know. I found that people that started as mentors, or sorry, let's go even further. Mm-hmm. What started as a meeting turned into a mentor. Yeah. And eventually became a spiritual father yeah. or a mother. Yeah, yeah. Um, and with that, it's like you're just a part of someone's life. And yeah, so yeah. there is no more of like business transaction. Right. Let's meet for 30 minutes on a Absolutely. Friday. Like we're texting memes to each other. Yeah, yeah. We're like 
you know, playing games, watching movies. Like, it, it, it becomes a closeness to it. Yeah. And I think that's where Jesus with the Absolutely. three. It went from 60 at teaching to 12 who were following to three mm-hmm. who was like, you're just my boys. These are my boys. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Jimmy, dude, I'm sorry that we have to cut this a little short, but we have to return Pastor Devin's office to him. He's been kind enough to let us have it. <laughs> um, thank you for coming on. Honor Everybody, thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Man I Want to Be podcast. Please like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star review if you like what you heard. If you didn't like what you heard, just pretend you didn't listen at all because that <laughs> helps us out as well. And until next time, this is the Man I Want to Be podcast.